Welcome back to For You and For Me, the podcast of Monsignor Kieran Harrington's Sunday homilies. This past Sunday was the second Sunday of Advent. The first reading was Isaiah's Promise of Salvation. In the second reading, we hear Peter drive home the most Advent of themes in his exhortation to preparedness. Then we hear the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, the preaching of John the Baptist. Monsignor begins talking about how we perceive the passage of time on earth, especially as it relates to our waiting and preparing for our Lord's coming again. He says, we are procrastinators even when giving a confession. We need to acknowledge our sins and live by the recipe that God has given us. And we can take comfort in the Lord by comforting others who need it around us. Two minutes does not seem like a lot of time, does it? Oftentimes, someone will ask you a favor, say, hey, can you do a favor for me? It will take you two minutes. People react pretty immediately. Two minutes doesn't seem like a lot of time. But let's say I said to you, two minutes. Take a roller coaster. You might say, oh, I hate roller coasters. I really don't want to go forward and backward, upside and down. Two minutes when you're getting on a roller coaster can seem like a lot of time. Or if you've been on a plane where there's turbulence, a lot of turbulence, 30 seconds can seem like a lot of time as the plane is bumping around and you start contemplating what is going to happen. Time is a matter of perspective for us, and that's what we're hearing about in the scriptures today. The scriptures are offering us a perspective on time, and the key component here is that God's time is not our time. This is what we are doing during this season of Advent, is waiting for the coming of the Lord. And of course, it is natural for us to say, Jesus was here 2,017 years ago. Maybe he's not coming back immediately tomorrow. So what does that do? That affects the way in which we live our life. It affects the way we live our life because our perspective of time is different. A person's perspective on time when they are healthy is different than a person's perspective of time when they are ill. Your perspective on time today is different than if a doctor said you have three months to live. This would change the way in which you live your life. Time has all sorts of different meanings for us. So then what does that suggest to us? Well, I think we are hearing about that in our second reading, right? We are called always to be vigilant. But the fact of the matter is, as, as human beings, we tend to be procrastinators. Ask most of the students here when they get an assignment uh, to do a project at uh, school, do they immediately come home and set about to do the project and have the project done three weeks before it's due? Most not. Right? Why is it universal that they speak about college students cramming? The test is coming at the very end, I cram for the test. I do all my studying at that last time. We tend to postpone. Think about good decisions or bad decisions. A bad decision, a conversation you don't want to have with somebody because you're angry with them or they did something to you. You'll look for any excuse not to have the conversation. A good conversation, you have some good news to share, but you want to make sure that the moment is exactly right. Jesus is speaking to us today in the second Sunday of Advent about always maintaining a sense of vigilance for the coming of the kingdom. 
So what does that then mean for us? See, the, pro the appropriate question is to say, how is it that I, here in Harrington, am going to be vigilant so when the Lord comes, I am prepared to go out to meet him? Well, we hear the first part of it when we hear about St. John the Baptist. The first part is acknowledging your sin. Now, I want you to think about your experiences of confession. You know, most people, when they come to confession, do not want to get to the sin that really is bothering them. So they will kind of circle around and all sorts of things. I always joke and say that when uh, children come to confession and say, I disrespected my parents, that is a euphemism for a lot of different things. Right? We don't want to say it. Why don't we? I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. It's humiliating. I can go to confession, not know the priest, not even see him, and still when I'm there, it's hard for me to get out the words about what my sin is. But the first part, what we hear here, is acknowledging one's sins. Because in acknowledging your sin, and its totality, not unvarnished, not, ex not explained, not qualified, but the unvarnished truth of what we have done. And then to recognize that despite that, God still loves me, that changes things. That's great trust in God. Right? It is great trust for me to articulate my sins and recognize that still he loves me. And so for an exercise, if you want to be vigilant, the first thing is go to confession. But when you go to confession, whatever your big sin is, make that your first sin that you confess. Don't postpone, don't wait, don't go through all the little things about, you know, what's your big sin? And put that out there first. And you'll feel that when your heart is pounding a little faster, it will start to slow down. And then you'll be able to think about things a little differently. The next thing that you can do is think about once you've gotten rid of the big sin, it's going to affect the way in which you look at other things. See, so often we think about our big sin as the thing that is the obstacle of our relationship with God, when in fact it isn't. I remember a friend of mine saying to me, Kieran, I think your biggest failure is your road rage. If you could get rid of that, you'd be doing a lot better with your relationship with God. Now, if you would ask me, I would say there's a lot of other things, not being angry in the car as I'm driving. But that's because somebody has a different perspective than I do. And what's the real issue that one struggles with? Frustration, lack of patience lack of charity towards others. So to be vigilant means to first acknowledge your sins in its totality. And then once you acknowledge the sins which you think are the great obstacles of God, you'll see that there are other things which become much greater obstacles in your relationship to God. The way in which a husband deals with a wife, a wife deals with a husband, an employer, deals with employees, an employee looks at their employer, neighbors treating one another on the block in which they live. These are the things which are our obstacles, can be obstacles to God, these lack of charity. Not great, great, great sins because so few of us rob a bank. But the truth is, is that it's these little things day in and day out that can become obstacles for God. And secondly, we have to think about what does Jesus say to us 
What is the way of salvation that he has prepared for us? We know that. He has given us the recipe. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was ill or in prison, you visited me. How is it that I am doing in terms of my life of charity? How is it that I am thinking charity, meaning, of course, love? How is it that I am turned outward? A good test of this is how I use my resources. What are your financial resources, whether a lot or a little? How do you use them? You know, we in the Catholic Church do not speak about tithing, which is a 10% of your income. But it is a biblical perspective to say that 10% of what I have I give away because I know that everything I have comes from God. And then people will say, but I got a mortgage, I got stool to wish, I got all. Here's the question is, is the sacrifice of giving, recognizing that others are in such great need. And so think about your charity towards others. And by the way, it's not simply your resources, your financial resources, your dough, your moolah. How much time do you spend? giving to others, what kind of charitable activities or volunteer activities do you engage in? If you're not really acknowledging your sins in their totality, and you're not really practicing the gift of charity, the corporal works of mercy, as we would speak about, well then, there is a good chance that you will not be prepared when he comes because he has set the way forward. You know, if you're a student, a lot of times they'll ask, the teacher teaches to the test. Here are the questions on the test. I am now going to explain to you all the questions that are the answers to these questions on the test. All you have to do is give me back the answer that I taught you. But guess what? So often it's very hard for us to do. Maybe this uh, second week in Advent, we can think for a moment about John the Baptist and his call to repentance. But maybe we can also think about Isaiah, who reminds us that the Lord comes to comfort us. And the way in which we can experience the comfort of the Lord is when we seek to give comfort to those who are suffering in our midst. In that way, in that way, perhaps we usher forth the kingdom of heaven a little bit more. Time is all a matter of perspective. The question is, is for us as Christians, we can't live as though time is of infinite value. Because the point of our Christian faith is time is coming to an end. And when it comes to an end, we are judged by Christ. And at that moment, all things are completely made new. He has offered us the way. He offered that way for us as he hung upon a cross and the blood flowed from his side. Jesus did not come to stay a little child in a crib. The God-man became a child so that he would journey to the cross in order to redeem you and me. That was his mission.
we each have a mission as well. Let's begin to recognize that mission by confessing our sins, getting rid of those things which are obstacles to God, and filling our heart with the love of God, which manifests itself in how we serve one another. May God bless you. When you go to confession this Advent, will you confess your big sin first? This show is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Ask us questions by tweeting at Monsignor H or emailing podcast at desalesmedia.org. Until next time, for Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by, for you and for me.